Craft Beer Radio, episode 190, on September 9th, 2011. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where once you go black, you never go back. This week, we're doing Imperial Stout, so that's why I made the pun. And we... Yeah. They're very dark beers. They are, and they're very large, mm. too. Yes, these are all 22-ounce... Uh, beers that we have here. I don't know whether we'll get through all of them. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. There's more in the fridge, too, but I only brought yeah. five. So we're going to start with the Buckeye Brewing Stout, which technically is not a Imperial Stout. It's a foreign export stout. This is uh, called Zatek 2001A. 2011. 2010. This is the 2011A. 2011A, okay. The 2010 version was in the Russian Imperial style, apparently. 2010. It was Aqu- Aquarius. No, they did a Zatek in 2010. Oh, okay. All right, well, I have bad information here. Anyway, yeah, their page kind of sucks, so... Their page kind of sucks, but it's a big abominable snowman type thing yeah. on the label there. I don't, have an idea if, I don't even have an idea of how much alcohol is in this thing. TV. But as an as oh it's right there on there I was gonna say around probably around eight percent with a foreign stout, boom eight percent with a foreign stout very good yeah they're in Cleveland Ohio or just outside of Cleveland I've been there before I didn't stop there on my recent trip through there though pours really black and a little bit of highlights at the very bottom drinking these things out of Guinness glasses because why not those are the glasses I picked that's why. <laughs> It's a big, roasty, a little bit of chocolatey aroma on this one. We're going to be saying that a lot, I think, tonight. I would not be surprised if that comes up a lot. So it's kind of a molasses-y, you know, mixed with carbonic. It smells real good. Uh, what else? I'm trying to figure out what it has in addition to that chocolate and roast to help you out, to give you some nuance. Uh, there's maybe a little grassiness there, too. Just a bit. I was... I mean, it could be. I'm not really picking that up. I, I'm thinking it's a little a little caramelly or something like that. A little caramel flavor. Aroma in there. Let's go taste... Let's taste this black beast of a beer. It's <laughs> good. That is... Definitely a very sweet stout. It's got a nice bitterness to it. Strong bitterness that is accented with a very strong sweetness mm-hmm. to go with it. Yeah. And, and the uh, <clears throat> it has a little boozy flavor in there. Mm-hmm. It goes really well with the... Uh, the uh, Roasty stout flavors. It's just it, it's got a really dark and dry chocolate, like almost baker's chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like there's not too many beers you find with the label for an export stout. Guinness makes one, and I've never had the opportunity to try it, but people say good things about that. Uh, even beer geeks say you know the Guinness for an export stout is probably the best Guinness. <coughs> I uh, I heard somebody talking up their black lager, uh, 
which you know apparently shocked them because it you know uses that new caraway malt or whatever it is that Crafa malt that uh, doesn't give doesn't impart roasty flavors but mm-hmm. gives a black color. Yep. Yep. It's the uh <clears throat> it's why am I pouring more? We got a lot of beers to yeah. drink. <laughs> because I enjoy it, that's why I'm pouring it, because you don't get a foreign export stout every day. So I guess the flavor kind of leans more toward the the chocolatey and kind of honey flavors instead okay. of leaning more on dark fruits and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think that's where it would not be an imperial style, is what you're trying to... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it definitely is a lot more soft and cushiony, right? It's just this <laughs> soft, fluffy beer. Um, very easy to drink. Not very bitter. Um, you know, Greg said very sweet, but don't think this is like a sweet stout or a milk stout. No, it's it, the sweet. sweetness is there to contrast what I think yeah. is a strong bitterness, but mm-hmm. it works well. Mm-hmm. They contrast each other very well, so they don't. Neither one gets over burden. And typically the export stouts have more bitterness, right? So they can, they're being exported you know, so they can handle a uh, a journey, you know, so extra hops in there to keep it from spoiling. And then it's just like imperial stouts, right? They're more bitter, but you need more stuff to balance that out. Yeah. So you make it more malty and then just gets more of everything. So some of the stuff I'm, I'm getting near the end, you know, as the alcohol aerosolizes, I'm getting nutmeg and cinnamon Mm-hmm. And you know, there's various uh, there's various spices that tend to come out. It's a tasty beer. It is. It's it's a. I'm trying to think of whether a beer like this, if it had flaws, would be would be able to detect them. It's got a lot of alcohol. It's got some very strong flavors. We'd be able to detect oxidation, I think. Yeah, oxidation. I was kind of wondering if this beer had some fusel alcohols in there, too. But I don't think so. I think it's just the combination of the alcohol, normal alcohols yeah. in there. But it is bordering. It's almost touching that hot flavor, yeah. those fusels. But it's not. I'm not complaining about it. I don't even think it's something to really, you know nitpick about it. But it, no, it, I just, it's getting in the ballpark is all I'm saying. Yeah, it, it, I'm wondering uh, sort of about congeners in this one. There is something about this beer. I mean, like I said, it tastes really good. It makes it uh, makes my tongue feel very nice. Mm-hmm. I also kind of get the feeling that if I had like two or three of these, I would wake up with a splitting headache <laughs> the next day. <laughs> and that's all about congeners. And I, I don't know exactly what it is that's telling me that. Okay. All right, so that look at that look at that i drank all my uh, rinse water already so staying nice and hydrated for the, hydrated for the show <laughs> uh is there any beer news uh the gabf's coming up soon right that's uh, next month we won't be there um uh, it's still see a big port tomorrow, I think. I don't know. Uh, it's a little. We're not going to get this out, so yeah. that's kind of not a. So, that's kind of not a very. Let's. Uh, I am not prepared for beer news. I'm only here to drink tonight. All right. I've had a uh, 
If you listen to the pre-show, I talked about it, but I've had a heck of a busy week with work and everything, so... Got a couple beers on ice here, because they were just in the cellar. But I think we're going to go with one that's been in the fridge for days and days. Next one, we're staying in the uh, Cleveland, Ohio area. This one is from the Brew Kettle Production Works. And that is in Strongsville, Ohio. This is that place that's the barbecue brewery. They want to be a distillery. And I really, really like the place. We talked about this beer two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I get a message from uh, from Greg McGill. This, this beer is Tunguska. From the right, we were talking about the Tunguska event with uh, yeah. the comet, or whatever, that blew up in 1908 over Siberia. However, on the label, there is a little alien, mm-hmm. uh, or a little flying saucer, UFO, yeah. and also black as oil. Now, that's significant because I didn't realize this, but Greg informed me that there is a episode of The X-Files. The X-Files had one of its running plot lines, a black oil that was used by the aliens to, mm-hmm. I think, change people or kill them or something. And the episode called Tunguska featured the black oil. Okay. So, yeah, we got some geeks there. I thought it was all about the comet and, and Russian imperial stout. But, yeah, the UFO and the black oil tagline. I'm pretty, yeah, it must be an X-Files reference. Yeah. Thank you. They, must, they even have the X-Files in New Zealand. Look at that. <laughs> It's probably still running their first run. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh why? Uh, you know, a little. What's a little? What's crafty right with a little jingoism? <laughs> hmm. Okay, it's it's got a more roasty uh, aroma on it, more barbecuey than the last one. Well. They got a smoker in the brewery, right? So that's why it's all barbecue. Now, I'm getting a little. It, it has a. It's not as. Um, yeah, not as sweet as the last one in aroma. So it's a little more streamlined to the, the roast. I'm getting some of those dark fruits. It's a little pruney or raisiny or something like. Probably like prunes. And it's <clears throat> excuse me, 10.8 percent alcohol by volume, 60 IBUs, not. As high IBUs as I would expect with that alcohol, right? Uh, 60s, 60s respectable for that. I mean, you're not going to put 100 IBUs in an Imperial Stout very often. And Well, not unless you're in, like, San Diego or something. <laughs> hmm. Very... Very mellow taste. I was expecting something to kind of like grip my tongue a little bit more or punch me a little bit more, but it's very velvety. That was my first impression on, on, on putting it in my mouth. It's got a lot of caramel and toffee flavors right up front. It's a little sweet, mm-hmm. and I think that's actually because the IPUs are a little low. Okay. Um, it's, it, it's a touch cloying. Just a touch. Not a huge amount, but it's a little sweet for me. It does come across as a dessert. Yeah. Something that would go well with, like, a, a cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm in third sip now, and yeah, it's starting to get sweet. It's one of the ones that's going to build on your palate. And, uh... Yes, it's not going to be very drinkable after a couple of sips. You're like, it's almost like, uh, 
not ready yet. Yeah, you know, it's like mm, diabetic shock. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I had a friend of ours, Damien, ask me or ask the the Twitterverse, as it were, what is a West Coast IPA? What's different? So I explained to him, well, West Coast tend to be more hoppy, uh, more sort of concerned about the hops and less concerned about the malt, more balanced towards the hops. He said, that's a thank you. And he was drinking Green Flash mm-hmm. West Coast IPA, yeah. which is not the biggest hoppy bomb. I mean, it's it's certainly bitter. It, it's pretty, it's pretty, you know, like, so, yeah, it's the whole balance where, you know, East Coast IPAs are more English. There's more malt there. There's yeah. more caramel. There's more to chew on where, you know, West Coast is all about making the hops, showcase the hops in any yeah. way you can, right? I mean, that's what a West Coast IPA is. And Green Flash is, is pretty good in that respect. Uh, actually, you know, it's interesting because I've been, before Damien mentioned it, he mentioned it to me, he just did he had it and he really liked it. But... Uh, I've been kind of looking for that guy because I ha- like at the bottle shops you see all the green flash beers, but not the green flash IPA. I haven't seen it in forever in twelve ounce bottles. Really, I remember having it a while ago and thinking that it just it it kind of crossed the bitter line too much for me. It was mm-hmm. it was overdoing it. Um, I tend to like East Coast IPAs more in general anyway, but a good West Coast IPA will still knock my socks oh, sure. off yeah. if necessary. It, it kind of felt. This is going on two, three years maybe, so I can't say anything about it now, really. Don't right. take this to heart. But I remember at the time thinking, that's a little bitter. Sure. It's a little much. And without being, you know, nicely balanced. And that's not really what I think of when I think of West Coast IPAs. I mean, I think of, of hoppy, but I don't necessarily think of bitter. Although Stone, you know, is obviously an example. Lagunitas. Lagunitas can be pretty bitter. Yeah. Yeah, but Lagunitas backs it up a bit. So does Stone to an extent, although they really love the bitter. They, they just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's part of their, their thing. That's their that's mm-hmm. their gimmick. Uh, Lagunitas, the undercover one, that, that was yeah, intentionally I mean, made to be as bitter as possible. Yeah, I mean, and... You know, you know, not all the Lagunitas beers are um, IPAs either, right? Yeah. But everything they make has a significant bitterness yeah. to but it. But I think of some West Coast beers, like the, the one that instantly came to my mind was Razor 5, and that's hoppy, mm-hmm. but not especially bitter. and has some real nice maltiness sure. to it. Yeah, I think citrus is a big, big keynote of that. But we're not doing an IPA show, West Coast IPA show. We're doing I just thought since I mentioned you know the difference yeah. between the West Coast. No, I've been drinking the uh, more of the Tanguska, and it didn't get to that point. I, my my tongue was starting to get backed up and say, "Oh, it's going to be way too sweet." But I've been having sip, 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 and then really it's kind of leveled off. It's not getting too cloying for me. I could. Uh, it's a it temp- but it, it's a slow sipper. Nearly eleven percent. Sure. It's a very strong beer, which makes it almost necessary that it's a sipper. If you get a big gulp of it, you're just going to get a whole whole bunch of alcohol and sweetness and stuff together at once. Mm-hmm. So if you sip it, you'll get less of that, and you'll get more of of the complex flavors. And I think it's a lot of toffee and a lot of uh, maybe toffee and coffee. Coffee talk. Coffee talk. Very cool. 
What's have. next? What's next? We're going to do this one. This one was given to us at Saver. Uh, not this past year, but the year before. Oh. This is the Full Sail Black Gold Imperial Stout. Is this the bourbon barrel-aged version? Bourbon barrel-aged, yes. Yes. Malt beverage aged in oak bourbon barrels. Brewmaster Reserve, 2006. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He when he handed it to me, he mentioned that it was a special beer. Wow. Well. Yeah, this ain't your... Uh, Sent your uh, everyday black gold here. This definitely ain't your dad's because it's only 2006. But yep. this is a beer that's been sitting around for a while. This is a beer that's had time to mature. Maybe it's you know, Steelers start their season on on Sunday. Black and gold. This is the black gold. So here we go. If you're a Baltimore fan, suck. <laughs> Damien's um, friend Tony was at the uh, was at the wake, and he was mm-hmm. wasn't awake yet. It was the viewing, but he was yeah. he's a Baltimore fan. Okay, so they brought that up. There's one guy at work who's from Baltimore, and he always wears his Ravens stuff. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's like being in Boston wearing Yankees clothes. Yeah, it's not quite like. I can get into this in the in the post show, but it's really funny how these sports rivalries work. Because in Boston, I'm just going to go on a little digression here. In Boston, you hear Yankees suck at Patriots games, <laughs> right? <laughs> or Celtics games, or whatever. That does not go on in New York. You don't hear Red Sox suck, and you hardly hear it at, at Yankee games, right? Let alone any other sports. Yeah, those those Bostonians, those New Englanders, they seem to hold grudges. Yeah. I, I told you about the time I was at Six Flags in Connecticut wearing a penguin shirt. This was when you know, this is when Heather and I were just starting dating at Six Flags in Connecticut. I'm standing in line and a guy starts harassing me. He's like three people behind me and like, Oh, Pittsburgh sucks and <laughs> Well, to give you an alternate example, my dad held a grudge against Pittsburgh for nigh on 40 years because of the 1960 uh, World Series. Uh-huh. Because of what happened there. Which is, you know, obviously Pittsburgh's shining moment of glory right, in right. baseball. The Yankees have 20 other shining moments of glory. 27. <laughs> and uh, But this was when he was just growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And the Yankees had won three of the... Uh, of the games, like, in blowouts. But then this one home run from mm-hmm. from this one little guy, Bill Mazeroski, this Which little no guy. one's ever heard of except for in Pittsburgh. He's a yeah. hero. But Dad, you know, my father did say that the fact that he eventually was a Hall of Famer eased it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after in 40 years, eased it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get back on topic. We pride yes. ourselves we pride ourselves for staying on topic, and and baseball and sports talk is not what Crafty Radio is about. This is beer is what we're about. Bourbon right? barrel aged black gold imperial stout from Full Sail, and the smell of this thing is bourbon all barrel, barrel, yeah, all barrel. Mm. I mean, get get some of the. I mean, it's just bourbon barrel. You get some cherries. You get a little bit of vanilla. Some cinnamon, you know, mix all that together. It's just barrel. 
There's not much beer fla- beer aroma. No, I'm coming not off getting you know not getting maltiness and not getting any hoppiness. I'm just getting the the smell of a, a, kind of a cut bourbon, right? It's mm-hmm. not you know directly from yeah. like a Maker's Mark bottle or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I hear you, and it's kind of it's kind of that flavor you get where you when you're tasting a bourbon barrel beer, the aroma, the aroma is kind of what you think when you're tasting a bourbon barrel beer, and you're like. They didn't pour all the bourbon out of this barrel, did they? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because when you when they buy the barrels, it comes with a pint or several pints, maybe 700 milliliters of, of whiskey still in the barrel. Right. right? They put the beer on top of that, and of course, there's also bourbon that's soaked into. Yeah, the and oven. that's where most of it comes from. Because I mean, what a pint of whiskey for 50 gallons of beer isn't really going to change it that much. So a lot of it probably comes from the wood, but. Yeah, like thinking of um oh which brewery i think weyerbacher like when you get their oak aged old heathen and stuff it has a very bourbony oaky flavor you know it's like they don't dump all the whiskey out of that barrel <laughs> and that's what you get from the room on this one oh the flavor on that thing is i said the last one was velvety but this one this one's velvet wrapped in satin on top of a you know a pack of uh, cushion. You think so? I think it's smooth. I think it's got a very strong bourbon flavor. I mean, there is a lot of bourbon here, and there's not much else to me. It's bourbon, 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 a little vanilla. A little licorice, maybe. Bourbon, more bourbon. It's uh, strong. It's almost harsh. See, I'm looking at anything near harsh. I think it's very smooth. I mean, there's a big flavor that is not from your your average beer ingredients. There's a lot of oak, vanilla, cinnamon. Um, but I think it it blends with the beer very, very well. I like it. I like it a lot. So 11.4 IBUs, 37... Or it's 11.4 alcohol by volume, 37.5 IBUs. <coughs> mm, I I just don't know. I This to me feels like the, the necessary restraints sort of taken off in a sense I feel a little overwhelmed by how much bourbon flavor I'm getting in this beer it's a little much for me and I'm not somebody who's not a fan of bourbon mm-hmm. right it's it's big but I, I like how it I think it handles itself very well I don't have complaints so you know this is one of those beers where it just hits Greg and I differently where I yeah. think it's it's strong but very well done, and Greg thinks it's what overbearing. Would you say or overdone or? Yeah, it's um, it's less restrained than I think it should be. Okay. I think that the amount of bourbon flavor in here is over the line, over a certain line of demarcation where I think that there would have been better served by less by lessening some of the bourbon flavor and, and giving the beer. A little bit more flavor, and it may be the age. 
you know, this is 2006. It may just be the age caused the the flavors of the beer to diminish so much and the bourbon to become paramount here. But that's essentially what I'm tasting is bourbon in a slightly more diluted uh, and carbonated form as opposed to tasting, you know, a beer with bourbon accents. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't use slightly because, I mean, it is a lot diluted from, you know, from bourbon. Bourbon, you know, it's not hot. It's not harsh. Oh, it, you, you get know, my... So. I get your point, yeah. but I just want to get... I kind of want to... I want to temper your comments a little bit. Okay, I wouldn't right. say... You're you're more than welcome to. I mean, I just feel that, you know, the way you were describing it is it tastes like you're drinking maybe even 50-50 bourbon and beer. It, it's not. It's not that... To me, it's not that hot. So I just wanted to give that opinion. I, I don't think it's that hot, but in terms of flavor profile, all I'm getting is the bourbon. I'm not getting anything else from the beer. It doesn't feel like I'm getting anything else from the beer, besides from a little aqueousness and a little bit of carbonation. Yeah. I mean, maybe you got a point there where, if you're blindfolded, does it taste like a bourbon stout? Mm, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, you know, they think of like um, OK Jurgen Pastor, right? That's not a stout. That's Arrogant Bastard, it's a, just a American strong ale, mm-hmm. you know. Um, with a, when it's super fresh, you get a ton of bourbon flavor on that thing and whatnot. And does this taste Imperial Stouty over the bourbon? Maybe not. Not so. I'm not really picking anything distinctly Imperial Stout like. Yeah, um, but it is delicious. And for it, me. I mean, I'm I'm not railing against the beer so much as. Sort of in the flight, just the brewer and his choices. <laughs> no, I, it's just in in we're doing an imperial stout show, or at least a stout show, and the last two have been stouts of various flavors, and this is a bourbon beer. Mm-hmm. This doesn't taste like a stout. This tastes like a bourbon beer. Good point. Well, our next beer is gonna be a bourbon beer too, so maybe you can start drawing uh, some parallels between mm. those two. Still like it because I like bourbon. I think bourbon's a one of the better American um, American spirits. What I mean, what else is distinctly American? I'm trying to think. Hmm. I can't think of any other spirit. Yeah. Rum, rum's not. Or rum, rum, rum isn't. isn't. Gin's not. Gin's not. No. So gin was the only other one I thought might be. Yeah, bourbon's the American spirit. Well, I guess there's kind of, there's some... Moonshine. Yeah, moonshine. whiskey. There's, what is that, Southern Comfort, which is kind of a... I think it's, I don't know, I don't know exactly what Southern Comfort is. It's a blend of different things. It's like Sunny Delight for a minute or something. Yeah. (laughs) Although I do like Southern Comfort and Lime Shots. That may be a little girly, but I like them. Don't know, man. I'm trying to think of other American spirits. There is I mean, bourbon is the quintessential one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other regions, you know, other than Kentucky, Tennessee. You know, so it's all it's all corn whiskey and bourbon. Yeah. You know, and you know, Tennessee whiskey and other you know similar offshoots. Hopefully one of our fans will, will inform us, because I'm well, there sure... There might be some brandies, right? I mean, some fruit brandies might be... 
That's a good point. It's distinctly American. I mean, I don't think Calvados is is an American one. But no, that's French. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there might be some fruit brandies. Like, like a peach brandy would probably be American, even though I think peach does come from China. Weren't, weren't blueberry? Aren't blueberries a distinctly American fruit? Weren't they only in North America? Mm, I don't know. One of those berries is distinctly American. Make some brandy out of that. There you go. There you go. Yes. And it's sort of more of an offshoot, though. All right, so. Heather's going to pop her head in the wood door here in just one second, I think. Or not. Or not. Maybe she just wants to watch some TV. Maybe. Okay, another bourbon barrel beer. This one I picked up at Vintage Estates in Boardman, Ohio, a while ago. Um, like, Two Christmases ago. This is the Bourbon Barrel Aged Boris Oatmeal Imperial Stout. And Boris on the regular version stands for the Bodaciously Outrageous Russian Imperial Stout. Right, it's it's an acronym. Yes. B dot O dot R dot I dot S. <laughs> These guys are in Akron, Ohio. Uh Hoppin' Frog. They make um mostly Mostly darker styles of beer. And uh, I picked this one up because we can get the regular Boris here. Actually, we can get the we can get the Oakage Boris here now, too. But when I bought this, it didn't leave the brewery very far. Hmm. But it did make it from Akron to Boardman. So, okay. like, so when I paid eighteen ninety nine for this 12-ounce bottle of, or 22-ounce bottle of beer, I'm like, oh, it's worth it. But I think it's like... Twenty twenty two dollars at three set one for the road, right now. So I love the inclusion of of oatmeal in stouts in general. Uh, I love the the creaminess that it imparts. You know, some would call it slimy, but some would call okra slimy too. And I like okra, so call that what you will. Nine point four percent alcohol by volume. Hundred seven. Uh, it's the original gravity, 25.3 degrees Play-Doh, 60 IBUs again. 60 is the magic number tonight. Seems like it. All right, so we have... By the way, all these beers, once again, are dark. This one's the Oatmeal Imperial Stout, right? Yeah. So this should be the darkest. I dare you to find an out uh, highlight in there. No, it is... It's, it's pitch. Yeah. Pitch black. The only color at all I see is like in just the the corner, like where the it's like and that's more of a glass effect. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just this little ring of of ruby, but there is no light coming through the sky at all. This is not a freckle here. <laughs> the the, uh, the even the the head on this this is the darkest head we've had so far. Yeah, it's one of those ones that pours with a dark tan head. It looks like um, melted chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Head. The aroma on this one's not nearly as oaky as the full sale. Like I can't smell oak really at all. I'm smelling a good imperial. I mean, style we've been oak. overpowered with oak. That so, might be why. So there's, it, you know, it's hard to detect the smaller oak things. I'm getting a really deep roast, not hot really, just a deep roast. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. And it, it's kind of, and I was going to say it's coffee-like, but I have to, like, put a little asterisk beside it, right? Where it's, it's, um, 
Continue, Jeff. I'm trying to think how to describe it. So if you fresh grind some coffee, but you probably need to let it like air air out a little bit to get some of those really volatile coffee aromas out of there. The ones that are distinctly coffee. Mm-hmm. And you get something that's a little, uh, not stale grinds, but just a little bit older grinds. That's kind of what you're smelling here. Okay, I can see that. Um, some aspects maybe of a pre-ground coffee. Oh, you know, oh, I think you're like, like, have you ever eaten, like, espresso beans? You know, mm-hmm. just like the kind you're supposed to eat, or like, maybe chocolate, chocolate not yeah. covered, but just eating an espresso bean, like chomping on an espresso bean, yeah, that kind of flavor. Yeah, which, those are awesome, but man, those will be like, <laughs> if you want a caffeine injection, <laughs> ooh, those will, will get you up. Yes. You know, and I, I can smell like the the influences from the oats in there. There's this creamy, smooth aroma that's coming off of it. Also, it, it's something you used to when you taste oatmeal stouts. Greg's making an inquisitive face. He's staring at the glass like, "This is the best beer I've ever had," or "This is surprisingly shitty." It's not either. It's <laughs> what the heck was that? Okay, that that's the other face it could have been. Yeah. <laughs> in which way? In that this is significantly different from the flight so far. I just took my sip. I'm trying to... How do you say it's significantly different? There's much more... Much more fruitiness here. A much more stronger focus on sort of a a plum... Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, uh, plum is the best example I have. Plum with even a bit of like tangerine in there too. It's uh, it, it's the it's it's by far the fruitiest of the ones we've had so far, and it's just it it, it gave me this like what because everything else has been kind of sweet mm-hmm. and dark, and if it had dark fruits, they were almost hidden. Uh, behind, you know, sweetness and alcohol and whatever. And this one is just like, boom, here, I'm going to be fruity. It is. There's, it's kind of like a fruitcake, right? There's a yeah. whole bunch of brown bread, fruitcake, you got raisins, you got other chopped up dried fruits in there, you got a nice, thick, rich batter. Um, you've got a warning. Beware! <laughs> Greg is rolling his eyes because anything that starts with beware is marketing speak. Yes. This bodacious oatmeal Russian imperial stout will crush you like no other. (laughs) This is the granddaddy of all stout styles. Face in palm. Firmly in palm. Wouldn't the granddaddy be like the earliest stout, not the biggest stout? But anyway, of all stout (laughs) styles, with an intensely deep roasted and full-bodied flavor, a robust hopped character adds a refreshing balance. It is, um... I like how on their description on the website they say, it's unbelievably complex and savory. They don't end that with a period, so it's just... And, and, you know what? 60 IBUs. Well, I already said that. Oh, I thought it was the previous beer. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought it was... It's already se- getting to you. I thought it was serendipity. That everything was 60 IBUs tonight. <laughs> One point one oh seven 
original gravity. That's a big beer. I don't taste... Well, I do taste it, but because of the other beers, it's just not as strong, the barrel aging. It just doesn't come through as much. And that's and that's only an issue of flight. It I is. I honestly I mean, feel like I would definitely taste this if it was like the first beer you, I had. You were complaining that the last one was too much barrel and yeah. that it didn't compare with the flight. Well, this one doesn't taste like a barrel, so compare it with but the flight. But the, the last one destroyed my taste buds in a sense. <laughs> But what you're tasting in this It's like one, having something it, 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 It's like having something super spicy And then tasting something really subtle sure. And trying to figure out the difference And you know you're, You you get lost Well don't figure Don't compare it to the full sale compare I'm not it to the trying Buckeye. I'm trying not to Compare it to the other Ohio beers You got three Ohio beers And a uh, Oregon beer I'm trying not to I'm trying my best But it's hard That 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 big full sale almost, you know, destroyed my palate with this bourbon. It did. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm enjoying the boars. I'm having a uh, difficult time finding unique and new things to say about yeah. it. it. It tastes like a good beer, but beyond. That might be the eleven percent beers we've been drinking tonight too, because I'm starting that, to feel a little. That's fuzzy part too. of it. This is nine point four, so it, it's actually one of the lower and on the lower end. Of the <laughs> Low spectrum. alcohol beers. It's a light beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> all I have to do is is cut it in half with water, and it'll be sessionable. It's. <laughs> I really think this beer would would. Almost, I'm hard to. I'm, so I'm, I'm not getting much oatmeal, but I really think this beer would give me a heck of a big flavor injunction if it wasn't this far in the flight. It could be. I'm tasting, I'm tasting a beer which I'm comparing against these ones, but also comparing against regular boars and what I remember from my regular boars. And this one is definitely more. Melded. There's not as many. Boris is a fantastic beer. Boris is a gold medal winner, you know. Yeah. Um, but this one just seems a little more well put together overall. There's a little more nuance to it, a little more complexity. I I feel bad because I haven't described it to you. But uh, you have know, you heard of Doris the Destroyer? I've heard of Doris the Destroyer, but I have not seen it or nor had it. An extreme double oatmeal Russian Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's only at ten point five. It, it's it's more limited than Boris yeah. Barrel Age. So good old Hoppin' Frog. <laughs> that has seventy IBUs. So so up yours sixty. <laughs> um, I think we're probably good. We don't need to open the uh, next beer. No, I think we're good. Yeah, I think we've had. Although the show is not long enough, it's long enough. It'll be forty minutes, and by the time we wrap up, so that's long enough. Forty-two minutes. But. All right. Well, then I have to go There's first. No point you went, dragging the show out just because we feel it's too short. You went first last. That, that's time. such an ego thing, man. Oh, they haven't. It's listened. not an ego thing. It's 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 a it's a production thing. I want to get people used to the idea of a show at least forty minutes. But whatever. It, it is 40 minutes. It's going to be at least 40 minutes. Um, all right. So, wow. 
how do I even remember the other beers before Full Sail? That's the question. <laughs> because Full Sail was such a a, a big like bleh. bleh. <laughs> uh, okay, so my number one beer is uh, I'm gonna go with it with the Tegusca. Oh yeah, yeah. You're short at the top. Okay, I think that. Um, I think it lived up to to sort of the expectations that you gave me, and it was it was nice, thick, oily. It uh, it had a lot of uh, good good aspects to it. Uh, I'm going to go next with the the Buckeye, the 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 Zaytek, 2011A. Um, wasn't an Imperial Stout. It was high enough anyway. And it was pretty close. But yeah, just not by the letter of the law. It was. It was definitely tasty. Uh, it didn't have the dark fruit, so you know it, it more mm-hmm. had the the caramel and and yeah. stuff like that along those lines. Then it's so hard for me because the full sale almost kind of blew me away. I'll, I'll go with the hop and frog because I really do think that the barrel aged Boris is better than what I've been tasting, just because I was blown away by the number four beer to me, the full sale, which was not bad. But it wasn't a beer to me. It was just a bourbon experiment, you know, that happened to be inside of a beer. But it was just bourbon. That's all I tasted. Right. For me, it, it's tough. I mean, it could go any which way, depending on which way I want, which which uh, characteristics I want to put the most weight on. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's 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 really tough. I mean, I got like four potentially first or. Yeah, four or three potentially first place beers here. I think for the uh, the true number one, it's so hard. I'm gonna put Greg's last place beer to the full sale. I I I really it was big it was huge it was re, it was tons of bourbon I wouldn't quite go to ridiculous but it was tons of bourbon. But it wasn't harsh. It wasn't, you know, splintered. It was melted into the beer. I said I couldn't really tell it was an Imperial Stout. Maybe you want to, you know, take that away from it. But it was still a very tasty beer. Number two. Oh, it's, it pains oh, it's better me. than the last time when we had the exact same rankings. Yeah. No, it pains me because one of, I mean, I'm going to have like two hard luck losers here. You know, that's how I'm going to feel about it, because if you're not in the top two, <laughs> like, it's a virtual tie. I am going to pick... I liked all three beers. I liked them all a lot. So do I take uh, take you through my thought process here? See, I'm stretching out the show, so it's long enough for you. <laughs> the Buckeye Brewing, not an Imperial style, but it had that really interesting sweetness. It had right, that... Right. Um, Let's see, come on, recall the Buckeye Brewing. It had that full-body, velvety flavor. The Boris had that oatmeal flavor, and while it didn't taste particularly bourbon-barreled, it it, it reminded me, it, it said, hey, this isn't your normal Boris, there's more going on here, and I can appreciate that. So I am going to pick... I think Boris is going to suffer because of order and flight. I couldn't taste him yeah. as much. So I'm going to take the Zaytek number two, the Boris number three, and I'm going to put the Tunguska in fourth place because it. I liked it. Hard luck loser for sure. It was the most 
mellow. It didn't present me with as much to contemplate as the other beers. Interesting. So I think we kind of reversed our Not quite. Well, our first and our last beer are switched. Our second beer is the same, and our third beer is the same. Okay. (laughs) It's interesting. So Greg's worst beer is my best beer. So I think that kind of shows you how close all these beers are. Yeah, these were all good beers. The only one I would say is maybe a 2006 full sale if you're not a huge fan of bourbon. <laughs> Might not be the best, but I can't say anything about 2010 or to, or you know 2011, you know. Yeah, the 2006, you know, we we were hand, was handed to us in 2010 and we drank it in 2011. Imagine that. Yeah, it was well-aged at the brewery itself. Yeah, absolutely. None of these beers had major flaws. The only thing I did say is that the the 2011A, the the, um, the Zaytec, there was something in me that made me feel like there were a lot of congeners in there. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, I'm looking and thinking about that some more, and it didn't really taste oxidized, but it was like, you know, like six days away from... Getting oxidized. Yeah, the, there there close. felt like it was close to getting to fusel alcohols to sort of some of the some of the nail polish things. It wasn't there. It yeah. was not there, but it felt like it could have gone there with yeah. a little bit of help. Very little bit of help. I agree. It was very close to fusel. It was very close to cardboardy sherry. Yeah, just skirting that edge, but it was good. All right, but it was number two for both of us. So that shows you yeah. that it was really good. It, it successfully skirted the edge. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to 190 episodes of Craft Beer Radio. Somebody did, at least. I would, say, I would say there's probably a couple people who listened to at least 180 of them. I'm not sure if anyone's listened to all 190. If you started listening in June of 2005, <laughs> send me an email. And, um, and what? And I will stalk you. <laughs> or send you beer we'll see mm, I get like 50 people saying hey I started listening to episode 1 I'm like liars yeah but Jeff may have a present for you but thank you thank you everybody for for you know keeping us doing this because we wouldn't do it if it wasn't for you guys well we might we don't know I guess not but that keeps know. us going it does it does even even with how ridiculously busy my family and job is making me it takes a couple weeks to put out the show sometimes, but uh, do it. Yes, we do. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah from the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough to be abused. But they never say what you can't hear. 